What's up, everybody? Justin here. So uh, as you might be able to tell, this podcast now has a new name. Uh, we were originally just another podcast, but long story short, I have opted to rebrand it and relaunch it in a sense as the main state of mind with your host, Justin Soderberg. It will be similar to the old podcast, to the, to the podcast we're doing, um, but we're going to probably end up focusing a lot more on Maine-based items uh, with the select guests from out of state, New England, across the country, across the globe. Uh, so things won't change that much. I just thought this is a more of a, uh, a poignant name and a better name for the podcast and a better name going forward. So themainstateofmind.com, at the main state of mind on a lot of places. Find us, subscribe on Apple, YouTube, um, Spotify, all the places. Uh, things are changing. You would see it might be just another podcast in some places and main state of mind and in other places. We're working on that right now. But to this episode, we have Galactic Comics owner and proprietor Paul Eaton back to do another top 10 list for the poll list. Uh, this week, we talked the comic book story arcs that are our favorite. So we did um, our top 10 list back and forth and, and discussed a little bit about it on each one. Uh, mostly Marvel for me as normal. And Paul had some ones to throw in there that were kind of different, which is kind of cool. So we really enjoyed doing this podcast. I really enjoyed doing it as a whole for all of you. And thank you for listening. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed the main state of minds, the poll list with Galactic Comics owner Paul Eaton here now. Enjoy. How's it going, Paul? Good. How's it going, Justin? That's a long, long time, time no see. see it's it's so <laughs> funny because we, we do these. So I do most of mine on Mondays, and we do this ones on Thursday nights. A little bit slower night for you at the at the shop. We you close yep. a little early. We get this done. So it's kind of funny because I consistently can say, "Hey, I saw you last night," because I'm yeah, at your shop is, every Wednesday. So <laughs> it's our easy like opening line, like, "Oh, and, like, hey." Last night you're like, "See you tomorrow night," and so it's like. <laughs> And it is kind of funny because like I was mentioning to uh, a coworker of mine, uh, Colton, who was at your shop last night. Um, yeah. It was like kept on saying, oh, my God, I can't believe I saw you at the comic book shop because I never see people that I am friends with or know at the comic book <laughs> shop. <laughs> Unless it's Will, which I met through comic books. That's different. But or Jay. Yeah, that is, well, sort of doesn't count because no. it's, yeah, exactly. But we are here to talk comic books again. Uh, one of our favorite Imagine subjects that. to talk. It's crazy. You know, I yeah. love about the podcast and doing these episodes is that there's so much crazy shit going on in the world that I love to be able to just disconnect from that and talk things that are not real, uh, that are yeah. real in the aspect that you can read them, but they're not real and they're not based on true stories. And so like, I like this time we've had a conversation and kind of an argument or disagreements or agreements, but not have to be like political or, you know, religious or whatever. Yep. It's just the idea that we could talk fake things and talk and argue <laughs> over things that don't really matter. So even though we don't beer. usually argue, but what are you drinking there? A little way life? Uh, I've got, yeah, this is. I got the, uh, it's hard to see because of my light, but I got the, uh, Anna, yeah. this is a uh, collaboration beer. Yes, I had that. It was very good. I love, uh, I love this. I think this is my favorite regular yeah. OBC right here. It's, we got, got the sample and I'll have to bring it in for you to see how the printed cans. So we're going to go to full on printed cans of those ones. Ooh. It's going to have the orange, it's going to be full on instead of a label on it, which is pretty cool. 
That's cool. Definitely. In a couple months. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so we are doing comic books again tonight, which is a top 10 list, which we normally, this is what we normally do. We do top 10 lists on comic book related things. Uh, we are going to do um, story arcs slash comic book events slash storylines, if you want to give it a, a, a broader uh, thing. Story arcs is the easiest way to say it, or comic book events. Um, but it's really anything that is a consistent thing, something that they've, they used to do very rarely in comic books back in the day, back in the fifties, sixties and things like that. They were uh, almost it was, like one shots then, or, or maybe yes. a, a one, two part story. And that was it. And now they're getting, I mean, there was some in the early nineties or some in the eighties and so on, but it's basically more nowadays to really sell comic books. Let's be honest. Like the idea that if, if a storyline goes between multiple titles, or has a separate mini series. What are you going to do as a comic book fan? You have to buy all of them. And, you get the whole uh, thing. So right now, uh, big one, and uh, it's probably not making any of everyone on our list because it's too new. Uh, but King in Black and the Marvel uh, Universe uh, is, yep. is definitely one that's come out. They just did uh, War of the Realms. They've done Empire. Those are all newer ones. Uh, yep. Ours can stretch from whatever uh, and across any comic book creation, uh, whether it be Marvel, DC, Image, IDW, so on and so forth. Uh, as you can probably tell, anybody who's listened to this podcast before, mine are mostly going to be Marvel. Uh, I, I, that's not hiding anything, and that's not giving anything away. That's just how it is. Um, didn't actually count mine. So to give everybody uh, an idea um, of how we do these things, again, just to talk, yeah, start it all off, is uh, I'll read my 10 through 6 right in a row. Paul will then read his 10 through 6 right in a row, and then I'll do my 5, his 5, you know, back and forth between all the way to get to number 1. We made the rule on the second one of these that if you have one in your top 10 that I mentioned earlier or you mentioned earlier, we don't say anything until the very end so that it doesn't yep. it be on the list. Um, spoiler, a little spoiler note, we may give away something in these stories if you haven't read them. There's not much I can do about that. This is story arcs. Um, kind of hard to not. If you want to some... not spoil anything, read every single comic book event or storyline. <laughs> in the history of man no they're the biggest <laughs> popular ones because i mean honestly we're picking our favorites so likely they're going to be some ones that are popular uh that's going on yeah. right now it, and also i don't think with comic books we can give away enough if that makes any sense like i feel like a movie's so short right and there's it's so i don't know they make them so there's you want the next one i don't it's hard to explain how it is it's different in comic books so if you give a little bit away it's still worth reading it i mean how many times have you read some of these stories uh, I think almost all of these I've read multiple times. Yeah, so it's like I've been reading, like when we were getting ready for this, I read a couple of these. It's like, oh yeah, I missed this. And it's yeah. like, if I can't decide what to read, if I buy some comic books at your shop that I'm not really into right away, like I don't have a calling to read those, I'll pop mm. in some of these. So it's like, it, it's I do have the Marvel um, Unlimited as well, so because I own a lot of these comic books and physical copies. Yep. But a lot of times it's just easy to have them all in order, click the digital copy, Grab it, read it, go. and so on. Yep. But, which is support your local comic book shop but it also is worth it if you're really into reading a lot yeah. and you don't know what you want to read or you don't know what you want to buy i will say giving it a shot in the digital uh, if you're big into marvel the, the uh, marvel unlimited digital's nice you. too if you're laying in bed and it's night and you're using a, a tablet and yeah yep i i read i bet i only read 10 percent digital but i still yeah. read digital too yeah, and it, it's it's like there are the worst part about it is you have to subscribe to either multiple services or buy individual you can't like they don't Marvel does the digital codes, but like there's co yep. some companies like IDW. If you want to read the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you need to read it or a physical copy or also buy the digital copy. So it's mm. not worth it for most. 
But if you're like, oh, I don't know. I want to read Amazing Fantasy 15. You can't buy Amazing Fantasy 15. If you did, you're not going to read it. God, no. I hope so, not. So then you pop in, you you turn on Unlimited, you go to Amazing Fantasy yeah. 15, read about Spider-Man. And that's what's cool about those things too. So I've done that. I, I gave it to my brother who was just getting back into comic books. I gave him a guest subscription for uh, Christmas. He lives in Connecticut, so he wouldn't be shopping in your shop anyway. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he's like, so he's been reading into some of those things. He's like, okay, this will get me back into comics. Well, then he'll go out and buy sh- physical copies of comic books, which is cool. Yeah, you start falling in love with something or you enjoy it. And you're like, you know what? I need this anyways. Um, and they I've have reading lists. I mean, there's all kind of cool things on there. but I've got a few where I, I read it digitally where I started digitally and go, I have to stop because I'm going to, I have to have this in trade. Yeah. And that's, yep. I, I collect trades. I think we probably mentioned that in yes. the past, but, um, you know, I've have to have the trade of this because I want it on my shelf, in my collection. I can't. So it's trade, a good way to tell I read the you walking dead. Yep. Trade paperbacks is how I started walking dead. Not even the compendiums. I bought all the, the volumes, individual, individual yep. volumes. And I had that. And, and so that's how I read that for the longest time, um, was doing, the, the, the trade paperbacks as well so and a lot of these are available in trade paperbacks to give you a little bit of you know any of these storylines the mini yep. series that goes along with it uh, a lot of like marvel for an example does a lot that nowadays like with empire there's like empire one through mm. whatever as well yep. as it crossed over to different covers of different uh, groups like avengers and all that stuff. Oh, king and black hit almost everything it seems like and it, it seemed like they weren't going to and then they they saw how <laughs> Like, it, yeah. I don't know, it just, it seemed like that. It was like they slowly released a couple of titles and bam, everything was King and Black. I'm like, geez, it was like, even if they didn't have anything to do with King and Black, it was like, if we throw the little logo on there, someone will buy it. <laughs> just tag it on the side. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, but most of these, like the mini series that goes along with it, that goes like, you know, in parallel to the actual like comic book events uh, are usually yep. available in trade paperback as well. Um, so I think we should get started. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Okay, so uh, I'll go through 10 through uh, 6 of my favorite comic book story arcs, storylines, yada, yada, yada. Number yep. 10, Marvel Comics Siege, um, which is the Norman Osborn uh, takes over and becomes the, basically uh, was the is a villain, but also becomes the hero in a sense. Uh, again, not to give it too much away, but uh, he, uh, basically the government tells him he's in charge uh, instead of the Avengers and so on. Uh, it's at the end of uh, it's after like a couple, I don't want to bring him up anymore of those. I'll mention it when we get to it. Cause there's other ones that may potentially be on yeah. my list, but it is a follow up to another couple of story arcs. Um, that is pretty cool. It was one that, that I wasn't really into. And then I, I, I was like, I need to figure out, I was like losing track of where I was in the comic book universes. And I was like, oh, I need to get into something else. And I found it. And I was like, this is fascinating. Cause it's like a twist mm-hmm. on it's, it's the, the, the villains, the Thunderbolts, the, the villains actually are the ones that are technically supposed to be the good people and so on. So. And this is, um, that is on my notable mentions one. And um, I love it. I absolutely love it. He goes after Thor. Yes. Of all people, uh, Asgard, would- Asgard is now hovering over United States and they want to attack. They trick Loki. Tricks. There's a Loki's involved in it uh, with some yeah. trickster stuff. So it's pretty <laughs> kind of cool on that aspect to, to start war between the United States and Asgard. And it's just it's a really good one uh, to read. That's one that has a four part like side issue thing or mini series. Mm. Um, but there's 50 comics, and a lot of the good stuff in that series happens in the actual comic books, not in the mini. Like the series, you know, goes along with it is good. Um, but yeah. a lot of that stuff happens like Dark Avengers and all that stuff. So that's something, one of those ones is it's about 50 comic books that are collected in that whole siege. It's one of the ones I will say that you kind of have to read 
other books, not just the one that goes along with the name Siege on the top of it. Also yep. written by Brian Michael Bendis. So I just want to put that in. Oh, I love it. Yep. Number nine is The Walking Dead and the Image comic books uh, made, made to suffer. So that's the one uh, with the governor. No, yeah, the governor. Um, okay. The battle between uh, Rick's group and the governor. Uh, I just, the, the storyline behind the whole thing, I don't want to get too far into it again because Walking Dead is one of those ones I feel like you have to know. Uh, you have to read the whole thing to get the whole grasp of everything that's going on. But the governor's yep. the villain. Um, Michonne has her own time with him that he he kind of treats her horribly. Uh, yeah, it's it's when they're at the prison, they fight each other um, and so on. Great story. It's issues 43 to 48 on The Walking Dead. Uh, it's one of those, I, I love The Walking Dead as a whole, but it's one of those ones that's really good in that section uh, between issues 43 and 48. Again, available in volume. I think it's volume eight, actually. Um, huh. I don't know if you have that or not. But. Well, we've got um, some of the hardcover compendiums. I have uh, okay. almost an entire one of those in stock right now. Uh, number eight, Planet Hulk. So Planet mm. Hulk is also, if we look at a lot of these series other than this Image one, because Image doesn't have, like Walking Dead doesn't have side comic books to go, it's just one comic right. book. Um, right. But Planet Hulk's one of the few that are on my list that's actually not, doesn't have its own separate series. Planet Hulk is part of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, it's issues 92 to 105. Uh, it's all in that, except there's also Giant Size X-Men as well. Giant Size Hulk maybe in there too, but what I'm saying is that you have to, it's in the actual series. It's just like you pick up 91 ended, excuse me, 92 began, and that was Planet Hulk, which is pretty cool. Planet Hulk, Hulk gets jettisoned off. And so if you actually want to know, it's kind of, they used a lot of that in Thor Ragnarok, uh, the movie. If you, if you see it, it's a little bit what Marvel's been doing in the movies. They've twisted some of who does what in the characters, like trying to recast them in their roles kind of. So Hulk's the one that gets landed randomly on Sakaar, in Thor Ragnarok, he does as well, but you don't see that. He just ends up there. This is really the storyline of how he got that. Meek's in this one. Korg's in this one. Um, he battles. It's it's a it's a really good storyline to hear about Hulk, but not on Earth, which is kind of cool. It's Hulk in space, in a sense. Um, and so Greg Pak wrote that as well. Uh, he's a great uh, Marvel uh, author. Um, Very good. Uh, so yeah, so great series. Number eight is Planet Hulk. Number seven is Maximum Carnage. So we've talked Maximum Carnage before because Carnage is one of my favorite villains. Uh, Maximum Carnage is also pre... It's also one of those storylines that came out, was it, was it 1993? So yep. it's one of those um, storylines that don't have the separate comic book to go with it. It was over five different amazing Sp- or Spider-Man comic books, uh, which is kind of funny. When I did the research on that too, because I've read it and I, ha- I own it, it's so yep. funny that there was five different titles that had the word Spider-Man in it in the 1990s. Oh, <laughs> Still yeah, baffles insane. me. It was it, insane. It's, it's, and it fascinates me because uh, speaking of Brian Michael Bendis, he didn't write this, but he's one of my favorite Marvel art, uh, authors. Uh, mm. I guess authors because he also writes for DC. And I was reading how his contract with DC is no longer exclusive. And so now he's had the ability to write for whoever he wants. Uh, his page rates are down now. There's a bunch of things that are going on. Uh, and I want him to come back to Marvel because I love what he did for Marvel and different writings he's done for Marvel. Um, but one of the reasons that he left Marvel in the first place, I guess, was that he wanted the title Spider-Man, just Spider-Man, to be Miles mm. Morales, and they weren't letting him do that. And so that to me was like, this reminded me because one of these titles is Spider-Man, but from the 1990s, pre-Miles Morales. But uh, yeah. that's a Carnage series. I don't want to get too much into that because I don't want to take up too much time. But Maximum Carnage is a great, it's one of the greatest 
villain stories in my opinion uh he didn't crack the top 10 because i'm also like i got really into comics in the 2000s so like pre-2000 comic books are a little less uh i don't know it's something about the 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 four color panels and 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 the older writing Uh, i have a hard time with some it's some of them are a little older so maximum connor is one of those ones i read once a year maybe but it's about it and i can't it's a 14 part series uh, it's also again spans across four, uh, five different titles. Number six is The Walking Dead again, All Out War. <laughs> so All Out War is the Negan battle with Rick's people in Alexandria, where they fight the saviors uh, for yep. basically their own freedom, so that Negan doesn't bother them anymore. Um, so that's a really good series, one through one, one fifteen through one twenty six. Again, if you've listened to this podcast before or watched us before, Negan is one of my top 10 favorite villains of all time. So the idea that Negan's uh, storyline of him battling Rick's people, it's got to make my top 10 in that opinion. So Walking Dead, all about war. Siege, made to suffer from The Walking Dead. Planet Hulk, Maximum Carnage, and at number six is All Out War from The Walking Dead. That's my 10 through six. Nice. Nice. I'm getting text blown up for my brother, but go ahead. <laughs> all right. So I, I had a hard time organizing mine. Um, there, there's almost, it was like one and two was quick and easy. And everything after that, I had a hard time with. So I, I'm almost, I don't know. There's no particular order, I guess, to a degree. Yes. You could just say that. So uh, number 10, I have the Spider-Verse series. Yes. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. It introduced the Spider-Gwen. I love the idea of these multiple uh, Spider-Men across universes. And if you've ever seen the Into the Spider-Verse uh, movie, it's very, it's loosely based, but the general concept of it came from the Edge of the Spider-Verse book series. Um, it's a fantastic read. I highly recommend it. It's uh, it's an easy go-to Marvel recommendation. If someone says, I love Marvel and I love Marvel movies and uh, what would I like to read? I highly recommend this one. Uh, it's a four-part series in trade and it is... Um, I don't know. It's excellent. They're fighting this, this kind of family of like vampires, essentially, that are hunting down all of these Spider-Men across the dimensions. And then finally, these, the, the Spider-Men across dimensions start realizing what's happening and come together to unite or else they're mm. all going to die. They're being killed by these these vampire creatures. And it's I don't know, it's an awesome read. I highly recommend it. Absolutely love that series. Uh, so that's my number 10. Uh, number nine is DC's Identity Crisis. Um, something you probably don't know a lot about, Justin. That is a dark, dark storyline. Um, it is not something for children. It's not something for the kind of lighthearted. It surrounds rape. It's, it's very, very deep. Um, but in part of Identity Crisis, um, one of the superheroes' wife is raped by a supervillain. And the heroes, the Justice League, have to decide what they're going to do about it. And you see... The, it, it really starts putting an identity to the darker Justice League members over the lighter Justice League members. And while there's a great scene that I love of Batman talking with kind of the darker members about what they're going to do. And um, I think it's Green Arrow says, well, you know, Clark's never going to let this happen. And Batman says, Superman hears whatever he wants. He can hear everything, but he still can only, he has to pick what he wants to hear. So basically their plan is something he's just going to go, it's not, I'm just going to stay out of this. Like it's, mm-hmm. nope, 
and um it's a it is a fantastic it is, it is dark it is um it can be a lot on you but it is a fantastic read for anyone who wants to get into something um with a deep story so and that's brad Meltzer, who's a uh, he's an author he's an author as well not just the guy who wrote identity crisis i thought right so. he's an also an author so that kind of makes why sense why it's kind of dark and more gritty than, than yeah than your combo. standard kind of basic mm-hmm. storyline um so my number eight was the secret wars which is the uh marvel comics the doom series um so it was kind of the, they had secret wars 2 back still in the late 80s early 90s somewhere in that storyline so this is You'd kind of say Secret Wars three, but Marvel just titled it Secret Wars. Yeah. But basically, the idea is is that the um, the multiverse itself started collapsing, and all the great minds couldn't figure out how sort of to fix it, or what kind of who would take it upon themselves to do so. And Doctor Doom steps up because he's the only one with a big enough ego <laughs> to mm-hmm. say, "I can play God," and at the end of it, makes himself God. God. Um, and then you get into what kind of world all of these characters live in and ultimately who starts to stand up to them. And it is, uh, it's a really fun read. It introduces great characters like old man Logan. Um, it's a really fun, it almost feels what if ish gives mm-hmm. you that what if feeling. Um, so I, I absolutely love secret wars. Highly recommend that series. Number seven, I go to guardians of the galaxy, the black vortex. Um, I got into Guardians uh, after the movie came out. We we saw the movie. I wasn't really even sure that much about him. I didn't read anything. Um, I ended up loving it. I loved the movie. So I went on to say, all right, I want to read something of this. And I kind of did some research and found Brian Michael Bendis was writing Guardians of the Galaxy. So I started reading, starting right with volume one in trade of Brian's work. And that moves on into a story that combines with the X-Men and creates the Black Vortex, which is all about uh, an ancient mirror that you can give yourself to. And if you do, you become a larger kind of cosmic version of yourself, kind of like almost it can be your best and or worst version. Um, Then there's a lot of talk about should these characters even do it? You know, who's sacrificing themselves to it? Who's doing it out of their own egos? Uh, and that is a, it's a great read. Uh, I love the Black Vortex and I love any of Brian Michael Bendis' Guardian work is always, love it. Uh, and number six is my, uh, certainly my all-time favorite cover artist, Scotty Young's I Hate Fairyland. Um, that is one of the ones, it's, it's a complete story. Um, the, there are arcs in it, you can say, there are bits of it, but I just kind of went for the entire series of I Hate Fairyland. I would say if you are an adult now and you miss Calvin and Hobbes, go read I Hate Fairyland because it's a twisted adult version of it. Um, little girl lands in Fairyland and your average little girl or, or child goes there and comes out in like a day and has a great experience and learns a moral and it helps set their moral compass. And unfortunately, one girl goes there who has none and is just goes on a tirade and is there for 30 years swinging battle axes and swords and causing terror. And uh, it is it is one of the most fun reads I think I've ever had in comics. I absolutely love it. It, it definitely is. I and mean, we, you know, if anybody knows anything about Paul and I, we, we're we're Scotty Young fans, and it's like yeah. we're we're really fans of Scotty Young's art. But then his art 
transformed into words as well is absolutely mm. awesome as well. I mean, I hate Fairlands great. I mean, I'm reading uh, Strange Academy right now, which is excellent. Middle yep. West is excellent. He's just done a yep. great job with some of these books writing as well. And I hate Fairland. Uh, didn't make my list. I will tell you that right now, but okay. I could understand why because it is. If you're gonna stay away from superheroes and you want to watch read something that's fun and twisted and a little out there, yep, with great artwork again, uh, Scotty Young and and, and the storyline. Yes, I love that. It's, it's it's absolutely perfect. What I will say about Secret Wars, uh, it, it's funny to think about. I read back, I forget when it was. The original Secret Wars. One of the reasons why they did Secret Wars is because they did studies on words and the word secret and the word war were like the top searched, like it's top words talked about in the world or something along those lines <laughs> okay. so that marvel was just like ah we'll make millions put them together secret war and then to, then to relaunch it in the 2015 late 2015 mm. into 2016 with the the secret wars or the battle world and all that stuff um that's when i i had taken a break from comic books for a little bit uh i, I was really into comic books and like oh four oh five oh six oh seven right around that area and then I took a break for a couple of years and what got, launched me right back into the, the freaking world mm. of Secret Wars. But for some reason, it didn't make my list. And I think maybe because I felt a money grab at the, after it with the, yeah. all the new number ones. And it, it's probably, it has nothing yeah. to do with the actual story because the Secret Wars story is amazing. And I love the writing about it. I love the comic book art. I love the storyline behind it. I love the idea about taking the two universe, all the universes and smashing them together. I love about the reset. I love the idea that let's not confuse the reader and Marvel and just have one universe in a sense, other mm. than Spider-Man, but like the idea that yeah. there's one main, there's no ultimate universe and regular universe and da da da, da. Uh, But the idea that basically everything relaunched at number one to try to get people to buy number ones, they were right. not worth anything. It's, it's I mean, excuse to the number one, but. And it, and it hasn't changed since then. I feel like that was the time from 2015 till now. Marvel has just, and then uh, other companies have followed DC and all these other companies have followed. Mm but they reset a lot if that yeah. makes any sense like they just oh we got to go back to number one it's like you almost see, every year some of them you don't is. see spider-man 556 anymore you don't see yeah. and that's one of it started basically started right around 2015 2016 when they put that secret wars out so that's probably why it slipped out of the top 10 unbelievable storyline love it um and spider-verse again i'll totally agree on that I think if you're in, not into comic books that much, Spider-Man's a really easy character to get around. Bit, bit, to Very ask. much. And if yep. you want something twisted and something, you know, you know, Spider-Verse, the movie has like Spider-Pig in there, Spider-Ham, I mean. Yep. You can read Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Gwen. So there's all kinds of, if you're like into the Spider-Man thing and you want more mm -hmm. of it, there's not yep. very many. It's like Captain America. There isn't like captain america the pig and captain america right. the 30 it, it's just captain america yeah uh, you, you can so follow it that's all you got so spider verse is really cool and obviously i'm a big spider gwen fan so uh that makes yep. a little bit of sense there too so uh great love it love your 10 through 6 um we'll go over it again at the end but we'll go into um my top five all right let's see your number five number five so this is again the the putting them in order was a, was a weird thing too because it's like mm. Um, I love a lot of these five equally. There could be, there's reasons at the end, like there's reasons why I would think that some of them are higher than the others because of specific characters that are in them yeah. or comic books themselves sense. that are in those series. Yeah. Writers. But um, I just 
put them on the paper and I said, this is the way I want to do it. And I think there's actually one that slipped way up. It probably was my number five. It slipped way up more recently because I've read it a couple of times and I'm pretty excited about it. So number five. All right. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Ooh, surprising there. <laughs> it's a 12 issue series that goes in this series that has 40 something comic books total, but there's 12 issues. This is Avengers versus X-Men. Okay. So Avengers versus X-Men is a great story because it pits two hero teams against each other, which is not yeah, something very, you normally you see. I mean, you see villain teams against each other because it's like villains want to fight everything. But yeah. to see these two people that are trying to protect this earth, this world, this universe pitted against each other to try to save the universe. And you can see both sides of it. I mean, you know, not to get too much into it because I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but like the basic beginning premise is that there's hope, the mutant hope. She, the, the, the Phoenix force is coming back. Uh, if anybody has read, you know, previous comic books, the, you know, dark Phoenix saga and so on. Uh, the Phoenix the fantastic force. X-Men movies by Sony. Oh, God. <laughs> the Phoenix force is coming and it's, the the theory is that it's going after hope um and so you know the x-men led by cyclops uh, scott summers thinks that it's the saviors to the to the mutant race uh is this phoenix force that will come and take over hope and do so on and so forth and then the avengers on the other side of it are like no 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 it's going to destroy the earth it's going to destroy the world it's going to destroy the universe right. uh, based on what we've known past. from before which is crazy yeah. because you also think about it scott summers knows firsthand why this is a bad thing so it, it's yeah it's an i interesting... mean he saw his wife get yes you know possessed <laughs> by this thing and so it's it's the idea between rebirth of our of our species and the and, and the mutants give shit to the avengers saying you don't care about us we've been you know cast aside and you know ostracized and all that and so it's really good and it expels the the phoenix five out of it again i don't want to tell everybody so much about it but like the phoenix five is an interesting thing um uh, like comes the out of, it. of that, yeah. the utopia the floating fortress um so it's a bunch that go into it but it's a very good series brian michael bendis is one of the greatest marvel writers actually one of the greatest writers because having read any his work from dc but I, I know he's one of the greatest comic book writers out there and uh the series again if you want to get into a series it's like basically good people fighting against good people uh, for what they believe in and what they think is right yeah. to save the earth. They're still thinking they're not against the other group because they hate the other group. They're fighting the other group because they think it's best for what's going on in this universe. All and that's about their cool. ideals. And it's a long series. I mean, if you think about it for those ones, I mean, most of them secret wars, you mentioned eight series, eight, eight, eight yeah. issues, you know, a lot of the other series are six, eight, four, 10 issues. This is a 12 issue series. There's a lot to yeah, unpack in it. Uh, yeah. And so it's definitely worth it. Avengers versus X-Men. Uh, there's also a side series that came out uh, around 2015, 2016. The Avengers, the middle, uh, the giant size, was it giant size little Marvel X Men versus? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I have Scott read Young that yet. Cover. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but so number five, X Men versus, uh, sorry, Avengers versus X Men or AVX uh, by Brian Michael Bendis, Marvel. So if I if I could, the only thing I didn't like about there is a I'm not going to spoil it, but there mm -hmm. is a very epic thing that happens in that book and i had to go back and reread the page a couple times i was like was that it i knew what was happening i knew it was going to come and it happened and I, I kept going and i'm like wait and i backed up i'm like was that it it didn't seem like what occurred was made a very large deal in that book it, and, it and will, that i will say to give a little thing is the critics gave it kind of when the 
comic book critics looked at it and read it and were like, eh. But, and it was, I mean, it's not, it's towards the end of Brian Michael Bendis' run at Marvel. Like, he was mm. on the way out of Marvel at the time. Um, but, again, the whole aspect about it, I think, is just a fun series. And that's how it slipped into my number five. Uh, I just reread it a couple nights ago. Uh, and it's just, yes. it's, it's just fun. Uh, again, it's different. Uh, if you, I like, if you're big Avengers fans and X-Men fans, it's all in the same comic. You're getting everything you want right there. And so, uh, yeah, so. But yeah, yeah, that makes nice, sense. Man. I know you're. I know you're talking about, and it does make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I I need to. I want to reread it again at some point. I read that. Um, I don't know, a couple years ago, probably. Um, and it's it's one of the books I will definitely consider rereading. Mm-hmm. But that one, I don't know. That one bugged me. I was so excited to read that, and it and it bugged me. So all right. So my number five. Um. So I brought along a copy. Is Spider-Man Blue, by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. I love Tim Sale's artwork. Um. I, I know some people complain it becomes very, very similar. And some people complain of Jeff's writing becoming sort of um, copying over and over. But some of it's a theme. Um, but Spider-Man Blue is is in my top five. Um, so this goes into a lot about the loss of Gwen Stacy. And I think an amazing part of this is, and I, I need to refresh, was Steve Ditka, I believe, that mm-hmm. that wrote the kind of idea of killing um, Gwen Stacy. Yes. Uh, was it? Um, yeah. Um, if I remember correctly. And I could be wrong. Um, keep going. I'm but, looking it up. Okay. So he, he actually came back and said that he was impressed with what Jeff Loeb took from something he made and gave it depth and feeling. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, and of course this was the, what, the 60s they killed Gwen off. Um, yep. Comics were kind of one shots they weren't super deep and in depth and they dealt with people's problems but um they kind of killed gwen as a we need to kill a character let's let's do something shocking and kill someone and really kill them because you know issue after issue nothing really occurred um you know the bad guys never died everything so um so they killed gwen and jeff went back with this and really created a feeling to this and how it affected Peter and how it still to this day affects Peter. Mm-hmm. And um, I love Tim's artwork in it. It, it has a great, um, great feel, great colors to kind of have this feeling of sadness that, that attaches to Gwen's death that when it was originally written, wasn't really there. It was Gwen died. Okay. Shocking. Move on. Um, and they bring back how long this has affected Peter's life and how, at the end of it all, if that hadn't happened, Peter would have been with Gwen, not with Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. That was his his love, his true love was Gwen Stacy, and it's uh, it's a moving book, and I highly recommend that to any reader. Um, that's a good one for someone who wants to get into something that might be new to comics and kind of feels that comics are a one shot, not deep story. Well, read this, and you'll have some feeling. So, and that's so just Spider-Man to touch on that, it's uh, Gary Conway was the author of the Death of Spider of Gwen Stacy. Uh, okay. With the artist, art was done. The anchor was done by John Romita Senior, and it was there. It was John Romita Senior's idea as a as a as, a, as the artist to kill off um, Gwen Stacy, uh, and then the two of them, obviously uh, Roy Thomas, I believe, also was involved in that too. But uh, but Thank yeah, it was John research, Romita Senior. Well, John, I, I think I remember seeing this too. I forget what it was. I think I was reading that it was probably there's like multiple Marvel like books about the history of mm. Marvel. Yep. 
And I think one of them mentioned the idea because it was such an obscure idea. Mm. First of all, she's not a supervillain or she's not a superhero. She's right. a character. She's, she's a, if you think about it, she's not, but she's a B character in the series. Yeah, to kill off side, someone. Side story. But, but it's so bad to kill off something that's not in the battle. So if that makes any sense, like, it, you know, you think about Spider-Man dying, he dies in the, uh, in the battle. Whereas Gwen right. Stacy is a, is a side character that once the battle starts, she's no longer in the picture anymore, especially in the age of comic books where they were like, they not to be mean, but they were like, oh, the men are the comic book characters, the females are just the, the, the side yeah, characters. They're, 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 just they're, there at home, for... they're at home making the bed for when the Spider-Man gets home kind of thing. <laughs> and and so it is. It was a crazy thing for them to do. Um, and then I like how they reinvented her future with Spider-Verse and things like that with the idea that Gwen yeah. Stacy is now part of the superheroes. Like we killed her off a long time ago, but now she's back in a different universe as a superhero, which is pretty cool too. So like that aspect of it. And I love how the, the, the idea that Gwen Stacy being dead and her becoming a superhero are both in your top 10 list in a sense. <laughs> right. Not, yeah. I yeah, got but, both parts of it in there. Yeah. So that is, um, I don't know. I like it. I Cause I, I don't, cool. yeah, I like it. Cause I don't, I, I, I wouldn't have pictured that on the list, but it's a great, pick and and so i wrote it down too because one of the great things i've been loving about this is that i'm gonna now go back and probably read a lot of these series over again <laughs> um and the same thing why i like doing it with josh uh, molton from queen city summer club with this top try to movies is the idea that i can go watch some movies that he's like hey you should really see this movie i'm like oh i haven't seen that movie and i go watch it so it's pretty cool right go check it out selfishly i love that so number four for me uh, is not a surprise that it's in my top 10 for you probably, but it's the Infinity Gauntlet series. Um, George Perez, as most of the artists on that, uh, written by Jim Starlin uh, back in the 90s, uh, 1991 to be ex exact, six-part issue or six-issue series. That was one that was basically the series. It wasn't the mixture of a bunch of different books. There were some books that had some tie-in characters, but it basically was the Infinity Gauntlet series that was people people looked at. Uh, do you happen to have those? You still you have those right there. Yeah, books we for do sale. Have those in stock still. Yep. Yeah. So, but um, I have them as well. My wife got them me for my birthday or Christmas one year, my birthday uh, nice. a couple of years ago. I love it. So obviously, if anybody knows uh, MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe. A lot of it's based off of loosely based off of what goes on in Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, I will yeah. also tie in there that I didn't put it in this, but the Infinity 2013 series is, I, I, they're not the same, but the idea that, you know, the Hickman 2013 series is also really good, but I have to go back to the OG uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, Understandable. So it's some cool things in there. Again, we've talked about it on previous episodes about how how infatuated Thanos is with death, uh, the character mm. death, and that he'll do anything for death. And the idea that there's parts in there where he doesn't use his full capability of powers to show her that he can, you know, do anything the, for her. Be the man for her. It it, it doesn't. It, it baffles me. So it's a great series. I, I honestly, George Perez is one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, he I've met him. He's drawn something for me. We've talked about that before. So that series has a, a, a tight spot in my in my mind for that series. However, it wasn't enough to bring it up to the top three. Um, there's some things in there again. The 1990s comic books over the 2000s and newer that has something to do the with writing, it. Just it just doesn't. And it's the thing well. is because back in the 1990s and prior, the authors weren't staggeringly good authors because it wasn't something that paid and well and it wasn't oh, something that could make yeah. you money and and so 
nowadays there's artists that are making buku bucks writing comic books so it's like these books weren't on the new york times bestsellers list at that no, time no so they weren't so, they weren't looked at they weren't read by you know a huge wealth of people and the what's actually kind of funny about it too is i remember reading it recently again is the idea that's kind of funny that that silver surfer's the one that slams into or falls out of space and, and slams in the United States or in the, or in the United uh, into the earth to tell, to mm -hmm. warn that Thanos is coming, that Thanos is yeah. where it is, which is kind of funny. What do you think they would have used silver surfer if the rights were at Marvel instead of Hulk? Cause Hulk Bruce Banner slams to, right. to, to, to uh, Dr. Strange and tells them that, you know, Thanos is coming. Yeah, Thanos is that coming. It's silver surfer who does it in the, in the comic book that, that maybe if the rights were at Marvel, maybe silver surfer would have done that. Or the storyline just happened to be well with, with the, the, the Hulk on the ship. That, the, that's out, interesting. Out of... I hadn't thought of that really. Yeah. That's interesting to bring up. I I'm still waiting for, for silver surfer to come to the MCU because yes. I, it's funny. I have this, I don't know why I have this love of Surfer, even though I don't, besides Silver Surfer Black, that I absolutely love that book. Um, well, I was just going to say, if I want him to come to, to the Marvel Universe, I want Silver Surfer Black to come. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a lot of Silver Surfer stuff in my collection. I don't read tons of his stuff, but for whatever reason, and I don't know, um, I had read this, Stan Lee's personal favorite character that he ever created was Silver Surfer, and I don't know if that gives me some sort of love for him. I love the image of him. Um, you know, this this mirror person on a surfboard flying through space with all this cosmic power. I don't know. I love the surfer. And, he, um, and he's a good person, but also a bad person in a sense. Like there's that aspect with his connection with yeah. Galactus. And so yeah. it's like, but it's like you want to you want to cheer for him and you think he's a good person, but he's also connected he in a way to this horrible person or horrible thing. Guilt is connected to him forever. Um, but he did what he ultimately thought was right to save his his home and his people. Yeah. And it, it's he's a fascinating character um, with a lot of depth. He, he's um, I don't know. I, oh, I, yeah, I love so, the surfer. So, so Infinity right. Gauntlet um, again. If I had gun to my head, tell me to choose which series to read as an adult again. I'd probably mm -hmm. pick the 2013 Hickman uh, 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 Infinity uh, series really badass artwork on those because it's like the symbol the, art, the, the oh, freaking awesome amazing. um but the og infinity gauntlet is probably where it's, where it's at yeah, yeah. i can I, I can agree with that so i read infinity uh three times so far the 2013 yeah um the first time i i saved up some money it's a it's a big trade mm -hmm. and i saved up it was like a i think at the time it was like an 89 year old trade yeah and I, and I got it for my birthday and i sat there for the summer and I started reading it, and I remember specifically we're at the beach. My wife says, "How's it going?" I said, "I don't know what that was going on. I'm lost." <laughs> but I also, but that's Hickman for you, though. That's so Hickman. There's pre-stuff I hadn't read, and it is. It is Hickman's writing. I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And when I got done with it, she goes, "What do you think?" I said, "I don't know what the hell's going on." <laughs> and I've gone back through and reread so much stuff pre this, and build up very subtle build up to it that it fills in a lot of the key blank elements that, you know, but at the same time, I've read it three times and I still find new stuff in it. Um, so the 2013, it's not in my list, but it's a, that's, that's a fun I, read. And the artwork is amazing. The artwork is beautiful. So I love how you mentioned you were lost because I, I the, 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 the Jonathan Hickman is one of the greatest Marvel writers, I think in, in history. However, it is to a point where there's times where you're just like, 
what the hell is he going with this or what the hell just happened because it's just he's so deep and so there's yeah. so much going on he has so much thought process behind a lot he's of these things characters like universes away I mean, I'm like, who the hell is this and what are they how, doing? I think Powers of X and House of X were all like that too recently. Like yeah. those are ones that too I read three or four times. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea yeah. what's going on. I'm so and it, lost but, with what's happening. But he's so I, I love to see him do a movie. I, like, Jonathan Hickman is a, a director for a Marvel oh, movie would be freaking awesome. Absolutely. A writer, screenplay writer. Uh, but yep. yes, I could, I'm glad you said that about the Infinity uh, series in 2013 because it is to me that way too. It's a great series. And again, didn't make my list at all like you didn't make yours you didn't but make part of it may book. be that because you have to read it four or five times to actually get yeah, the hell's going on actually get it all and in some of the prelude stuff and it, yeah it, it's a lot but that is that's a good nod so anyway so i am going my number four, four. goes to the nail biter yep. series um so this is a, a full series it kind of it there's arcs um it recently i can't say recently a few years ago it ended and then it's restarted recently so you could say that Nailbiter, the, the original story arc, but it realistically connects and goes on. Um, so it's, it's a full series. Uh, it's a horror book. Um, I never was big on horror before. I didn't read a lot of it. And um, it was around the time that I opened the store, realistically, maybe a, a little before, that I started reading some horror. I needed something fresh. I needed something different. And then since opening the store, I read horror, I don't want to say exclusively, but I, I read a lot of it. I bet 80% of what I read is horror. And um, it's a murder mystery. Uh, there is a ton going on. And for as far as a book goes, it is the number one uh, series I've ever read that makes me want to turn the page to the next one. I'm always excited. What the hell is going to happen next? And you turn the page and then you, you, you're sucked in. You go to that next page. What? Oh, my God. And you flip it again. I, I can't recommend Nailbiter enough. Um, it is a, a great series. It is all surrounding... The idea that this little town in Washington State has created more prolific serial killers than anywhere else in the world. Why? Why does one little town create all of these killers? And they all have like gimmicks to them. And um, this one FBI agent goes to try to figure out what's going on there and try to get down to the root of it. And he calls his friend who is like a CIA interrogator and says, you need to get out here. And by the time that the guy gets on the plane and gets there, his friend's gone missing. Well, the hunt starts. What has happened to him? And the nail biter is one of the, the killers. And he was acquitted on all charges. They couldn't stick him. And he's back living in his hometown here. So it follows him, the serial killer. And then it follows the agent looking for his friend. And the agent's got some pretty deep stuff that's happened in his background he's pretty questionable and he's certainly not afraid to go beyond the legal means of <laughs> finding information and it's uh it's a great great series and you just never you never know what the hell's gonna happen on the next page so nail biter goes to my to my number four that's it just listening to you talk about that i was like why hasn't that sounds like it'd be a great tv show i'm amazed it hasn't come out yet and I was um, just Googled I, the TV show thing and people talked about it this year about how it should be the next greatest thing. And yeah, and it, any day now, any day that is going to appear on Netflix or Hulu or Prime or HBO Max, something it, is going to pick it up. And I don't know how it's made it this long without being picked up. It, it um, seems like it'd be like a cool series like that. Yeah, it, it, it would be terrific because it's great for that cliffhanger end of the issue 
So every episode, you can kind of get that, holy crap, you got to wait until the next one to get on. And it's, it'd be an excellent, excellent TV show. And I mean, it, realistically, it's a bunch of serial killers. So, you know, certainly not hard to film some horror stuff. And as you obviously saw, the two of my top, my bottom five, if I would say, my 10 through six are Walking Dead. Walking Dead was that for me, for the the idea that I, I was like, what the heck's going on? That's a comic mm-hmm. book. Walking Dead is one of those comic books I kind of like, do I read it before I go to bed or not? Because if I read it before I go to bed, I'm going to stay up till three o'clock in the morning, just continuously uh-huh. reading it. I did or, that Walking Dead. And, and, and that's the idea, because it was something about the next thing. And so if I feel like if I nail biters are one of those ones, and I want to sit on the couch and read in the middle of the day, so I can just bust mm-hmm. through the whole thing if I want to, because... If I read it at night, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna get to sleep because I'm just gonna be like, okay, what, what's next? What's next? And there's certain things that I just can't do that, and that's one of them. It's like a comic book that's okay, it's worthwhile reading. Okay, I can stop in the middle of a book. <laughs> Doesn't sound like Nailbiter is one of those ones I'll be able to stop when, in the middle of a book. So. When I did nail, when I started Nailbiter, so I got volume one to try it, and I don't think I was halfway through it before I got on and ordered the entire rest of the series myself. And I, and I almost always have a full run in the store because it's a one of the first series I recommend to somebody. If they're into horror, if they're not superheroes, hey, I love stuff, but I don't really do superheroes. I said, well, what do you feel about this? And, you know, it's it's a horror. It's bloody. It's gory. But it is uh, a fantastic read in, in so much, you know, what is going to happen next in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that it is absolutely I, I flew through that series. I couldn't put it down. I read it every chance I got. And now I'm sitting here waiting because I, I nobody returns started and I got in the first issue and I immediately got a copy for myself and I went over and read it. I'm like, oh man. And I'm like, I gotta wait a month. And then I'm like, I can't do that. All the rest of my have in trade. Like I'm going to have to wait for the trade. And I waited and I got the trade. My wife got it for me for Christmas. Um, that was the first book I read. She, you know, I got a stack of trades for Christmas. That was the first one I read. I went right through it no time. And I was like, Damn it. And my newest order I just did, I saw the, the next volume in trades coming out. And I'm already like, I can't wait for it to show up. I got two more months and I can't wait. And that's and that's what I think that's all about. That's what makes a good story storyline is that that aspect oh, of it and the idea that absolutely. there I mean as we get to the top three for me too, there hasn't been something. I mean, if you look at my list, none of these have come out in the past 10 years. Yeah. Like none of my like like literally I, they're all I'm early two thousands for the for the spread of of era in that mm-hmm. in time because you've got Maximum Carnage and you've got Infinity Gauntlet but there is as yeah. we get closer to here there is this aspect that there's ones that go back to back to back or whatever but like the idea yeah. that that one of the things I'm sad about it makes me sad about as a Marvel fan is the fact that nothing is grabbing King of Black is probably the best that's come out in a long time um, but if you look back I mean Empire was eh. And then before that, War of, War of the Realms. Eh. I mean, the past, the last good, really good story arc, like big thing, was probably Secret Wars. You mentioned in 2015, 2016. Yeah. That's five or six years ago. So that's yeah. part of why I think Brian Michael Bendis coming back and doing a, maybe a hire them hiring him to do one more series might be a be cool thing for me. But so yeah. speaking of Brian Michael Bendis, oh here we go, writer of Secret Invasion at number three for me. Oh, so, very nice. So Secret Invasion was one of those ones um, that really got me into the idea. Like that Secret Invasion was probably the first one that got me as a a series that got me go, Marvel has this genius idea of me reading New Avengers and Mighty Avengers and and Wolverine and all these different comic books. 
Everything. And they all like, I, I'm seeing a battle from this side. And on this other comic book, I'm seeing it from the other side. And on the yeah. other comic book, I'm seeing it from over there. And it's like, it's the movie Vantage Point. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Vantage Point. But no. it's that idea that, that that's like, Vantage Point is like a 12-minute movie, but it's from all of the different Vantage Points. It's, it, it, it's cool, but it also is infuriating. <laughs> Because you watch the same thing happen over and over again. Over and over, um, over But again. the idea that, like, I'm reading New Avengers, and New Avengers are battling the Mighty Avengers. And on the other side of it, you read Mighty Avengers, and they're battling the New Avengers. And it's like this mm -hmm. idea behind so, – so beyond the actual story of what Secret Invasion is, is that I feel like what Marvel did during the entire series and making it cohesive um, was the best that was in any of them – a lot of the comic books at the time. And – even with the newer ones, the other ones that I've mentioned, Avengers or X-Men and all this stuff, they didn't do as good of a job, I don't think, as Secret Invasion did with making it feel like the MCU. And obviously, we didn't know the MCU was coming at that right, point. Right, it's coming, but like, it's done. But the idea that when you watch Thor and they mention Doctor Strange and when you watch Captain America and they mention Iron Man, and it's like that was what they did in comic books, which was like obviously what they wanted to do years ago. Right, and what Stan Lee had, but this was like they did it amazingly. And Brian Michael Bendis's series, I think, look at that. It was, like eight, it was an eight issue series, The Secret Invasion. And again, I think that's another one like Siege, Siege, where it was like a lot of the storylines happened in the other comic book, the, the normal comic books, not mm. just the, the the comic book that came out for the series. Um, there's a hundred and ten plus issues. Oh, that I know. Ties and tie-ins to Secret Invasion. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, uh, but Secret Invasion, just to give you a little bit of an idea, it is um, the Skrulls' uh, destruction of their home planet, or home world, I should say. Um, and so the leadership, they, they basically, they're shapeshifters, if anyone doesn't know what Skrull does. And the idea is they come to the United States, the world, and the Earth, and they sw switch places with some of the superheroes. And they don't know, you don't know who's uh, a Skrull who and who's not. Yeah. Is it? You don't know who to trust. You don't know. Yes. Yeah, and that, that's that was their whole like tagline was who to trust. Yeah, and the idea behind um, that you don't know, like you wouldn't know basically until you kill them. Um, yeah. That they're a scroll because they'll shape shift back, which I don't know how that works. If they must not be able to hold the correct, but how do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's comic no books, but. No <laughs> um and, that, and it kind of makes me with my love for secret invasion top three comic book story arc of all time in my opinion uh makes me kind of sad about the mcu and, and the idea that scrolls were in, in, introduced in captain marvel and they were more good than bad um agreed yeah that made me go one of my movie. favorite storylines in comic books is secret invasion and they were the evil people so it's like yeah so and then they're gonna do the secret invasion tv show which also kind of makes me sad because i was really hoping that was the next next movie next the arc. next infinity saga yeah. uh was gonna be secret invasion um that's but, what i thought they were going but i do understand because uh, there's ways to do things and so on so a number of years from now we will get the secret invasion tv show and we'll see how that goes and see how it goes with that aspect of it but another home run for me for brian michael bendis and his ability to to, to, to incorporate the whole thing and again it, it really got me into the idea that you can read multiple titles and they intertwine. It's not me reading The Walking Dead and me reading Nailbiter and me reading Teenage Ninja Turtles that have no connection to each other. Right. I could I could read The Mighty Avengers. Oh, what's the new Avengers? Oh, I could read The Secret Invasion thing. And they all like, like it was expansion of the same storyline, uh, which was fascinating to me. And that was again, uh, mid 2000s uh, that came out and that was just, it was, it, 
it's so good, but it must mean that two and one are even better because it's number three. So right. I will say in the past when I've made my own storyline lists in my head, it was number one. So it has been surpassed by other ones in more recently. Nice. I, uh, I am actually working on completing the entire trade set of that, which is still an obscene amount of trades. Oh, it's a hundred um, plus issues. 110 plus issues is insane. I think it's, 40 trades or something yeah, probably, it's, yeah. it's insane yeah um the deadpool one is great that's a riot in that series um there is a great one called uh i think it's frontline yep um where it has regular everyday people and their siblings or and spouses and things are have been replaced by scrolls and it gives you the idea because in the, an average scroll versus a superhero they can't really yeah. do a whole hell of a lot like the superheroes are just slaughter them but an average human against the scroll is terrifying um and th- that was a uh, an awesome look at that storyline of, of what you what it was like for the average person living in a, in a major city that is being taken over by these mm-hmm. aliens uh so yeah i agree i agree with all that it didn't make my list and i, I thought about it um it might have been on my notable mentions but it's uh yeah secret invasion is fantastic very good i book. have Three, I, I had three of my honorable mentions uh, to, to, to talk about afterwards, but I thought I'd talk about them at the end or if you brought yep. them up in yours, so just to let you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go. Yeah, yep, we'll go into those. All right, so my number three was something you mentioned earlier, and I have got Planet Hulk. Um, Planet Hulk, I, I, <laughs> I can't say enough how much Ragnarok was ruined for me by Planet Hulk because I love this book yes. so much. And so much of Ragnarok just was not done right to to do that. And um, I wish that Planet Hulk was given its own MCU movie. If you were going to do a Hulk movie, I want to see it be that. Um, Hulk is shot off into space. He uh, comes on a planet and he sort of evolves the longer he's there. And he is this ultimate hero. If you are a fan of game of thrones i feel like it's very game of thrones like he it it was a book i got this for christmas from um from my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and once i started it i could not put this book down i couldn't stop thinking about it i couldn't wait to read it again if i ran out of time if something happened i had to go you know whatever Mm. um it has uh some great background characters and it's all about his rise to the top and then uh, his eventual fall from betrayal and how he actually could have been happy. Um, uh, he, he finally could have really settled and been happy. And it leads on to a sequel, which I was not as big a fan of, but I mean, he comes back to earth pissed. <laughs> he, is, he is just ready to kill him. And there's a great, my favorite quote from the sequel is he grabs um, Black Bolt, who can crush mountains with his voice, and Black Bolt whispers at him there to try to stop him. And he grabs him and says, I didn't come here to hear you whisper. I came here to hear you scream. And it is Hulk. It is like the epitome of what Hulk is. There's a terrific scene where um, some of the small aliens are put into this uh, galactic style um, fight with this huge alien. And they're all panicking. Like, what do we do? We run. We hide. And Hulk jumps in. We smash. And he goes over them. And it's like. That's Hulk, right? That's just, that's the Hulk moment you're waiting for. It's one of the things I hate about Ragnarok. You want to see Hulk smash. You want to see him be angry. And when Bruce Banner jumps off of the, the 
the spaceship and he comes mm-hmm. down and splats. I hate that scene. I'm like, you want Hulk. That's what he is. Stop getting this stupid comedic. Let's get a little laugh at him splatting. No, give me Hulk. That's what I want to see. Um, and Planet Hulk for me was everything I want to see in, a, in, in the Hulk himself. I, I absolutely love it. So uh, that's my number three pick. And I can't say enough good about it. Greg Pack is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Tell you what, it's funny kind of thing. It's my favorite series that came out more recently that Craig, Greg Pack wrote was Hulk Marines. And mm. that was a small little series that came out. It was really fun. Uh, but like, short it, one. It, it was, but it was fun. And he did it. And I, I forgot he had done that when I was looking up a little bit about Greg Pack. Um, but what I will say about the movie aspect of it is I feel like there's such a, that's one of the only characters that still got a twisted freaking background um, mm. remaining from Marvel because Universal Studios still owns a crap ton of connected rights of. Right. Um, way that hulk is allowed to be in movies and why it's surprising that it that that hulk is going to be in she hulk uh the tv mm. show on disney plus because there's still this weird connection between universal yeah, and, of... and and so they, they couldn't have done i don't think a planet hulk movie so they tried to do a planet hulk movie in a thor movie which is probably why they did the way they did it but i understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from as a planet hulk fan mm. um there's also a good animated film, uh, Planet Hulk too. If anybody yes. wants to visit it, it's a great animated film. Um, I highly recommend the animated film if you want to if you want to watch. The idea something. behind um, they they did. I liked how they pulled some elements in it because because I do think that Taika Waititi did a good job with what he was given for for Ragnarok. But I think mm-hmm. if you compare it to Planet Hulk and the series that you're t- we're talking about for both of us, yeah. there is some lackingness to it. There is the idea that Meek is a warrior. <laughs> Yeah, in a sense, in in the Planet Hulk, and he's this like slug thing in, in the movie, he's, uh, he's which he does kick ass. He say. does kick ass in in Endgame. He has a suit like he does. He looks more yeah. like what he would look like in Planet Hulk uh, yeah. in Endgame uh, than he does in Thor Ragnarok. But yes, the idea behind and, and Korg was all comedic. His only purpose in in the well, movies was a comedic sense. It felt like, and in the books, he's much more intense he's much yes more, and it's funny uh, about it is actually korg has been in technically a, a korg race the race of his, yeah. of his species has actually been in two marvel movies he was actually in it was a dark world um yep. he fights the big rock monster that was the first introduction Korg's of, of him. correct um and that was gonna be core basically people told me that was korg until thor ragnarok came out and they wanted yeah. to use him as a different one of the species have... korg and meek from Thor Ragnarok, yep. but um, so and that was what journey journey into mystery. Korg yes. first appeared, and his people yes. came in, and and that was a very very early Marvel. And book. It, as you can see, he's blue. He was blue. He was actually gold, uh, yep. like the yellowish color. Um, no, but more Planet thing Hulk, looking. I, again, like you mentioned, uh, the, what I do like about Planet Hulk, and 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 it was on my list, and I'm glad we were able to talk about this, is that is the idea that it was off world. It was yeah. off earth. Like there's too much when you look at comic books. Uh, one of the things my, a friend of ours, of the, of the web podcast, uh, Friends from Work, does a podcast about the MCU. And, and they mentioned that they're, they don't want characters to come back. Like this whole WandaVision thing. It's like, is, is Vision actually alive? Or is this totally, right. like, is it just, they don't want or Loki, the Loki show. Is yeah. he actually alive again? Or is this prior? Da, 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 da. Yeah, something about Marvel, something about Marvel, about comic books is that we've always get no one ever dies. Like it's always, yeah, you always know, some you always sort of reboot or something. So sometimes it's too um, much. It's like, oh, who cares? 
And so the same thing goes with how many times can you destroy a massive city on the earth before, (laughs) like, can we just do over and over and over again? And so the idea that I like about them sending Hulk, I mean, Hulk is a, is a good person, but also a person who can't control himself. And so he's a monster. They they were, the Illuminati had a good intentions to send him into, into outer space um, to have him be happy. They basically sent him out to go to an inhabited planet, an uninhabited planet, but that he could live on and do what he wanted to and not hurt anybody and survive. And he got sucked into a wormhole and ended up on Sakaar. Um, I I tell you, I do Sakaar. The Sakaar planet was well done in, in, in Ragnarok in a sense. Like I feel like that was one of the things that if you take the planet earth or planet Hulk versus Ragnarok Mm. idea, that a grandmaster being there instead of the the the, the leader of the cigar the, the king of the yeah it's it, there's a little I, bit I there thought, but yes i thought the king in planet hulk was well built up though to be just despisable mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he's he's just you want to see him get it he, he's yeah. a horrible evil dictator that is all about himself and his own motives and uh basically his own pleasures whatever he wants is he's gonna get and nobody can really stop him until hulk comes and so I do understand you're saying if you if you take Planet Hulk as a soul as a storyline and 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 take Ragnarok as a storyline and put them together they don't compare because no yeah but if you take it as a this is how we're gonna get Planet Hulk into the MCU <laughs> the best we can do to kind of it, it is what it is at that point but yes watch the animated yeah. film um it's definitely worth watching uh, I think that's one thing that Marvel's always lacked on is the animated side. Um, mm. DC's, DC's animated are very good. It's unbelievable. But there's yep. uh, that is one of the really good ones is, is the uh, Planet Hulk um, uh, Blu-ray. <laughs> this Blu-ray. They have it on Blu-ray now too. So Yep, where the average DC movie is just awful. Yes, yes, exactly. And actually yep. the TV shows are not that great either. But not okay. really. So in our, in our humble opinions. <laughs> so I had uh, Planet Hulk at uh, number eight, number three for you. That's excellent. I think that's I think that's a great and I love your your take on it as well. So uh, number two has a connection to current times. Can you guess what number two is for me? I have I have an idea. House of M. <laughs> so Brian Michael Bendis comes back on my <laughs> onto my list. So House of M, I think. It I want is... to see how many repeating writers I have versus your Brian Michael Bendis. I, Brian Michael Bendis, he's my last. I, this is my bra- I, I, I will say this is my last Brian Michael Bendis uh, comic book story arc on my list, but he's on one, two, three. Uh, oh, I guess he's only on three. No, see, really? Four. four. Okay. Four to ten. Right. It, it seemed like hey. more than that, but I, I have no. I love Brian Michael Bendis. I have no complaints. And here's the deal. House of M, Secret Invasion, Avengers uh, versus X Men, and Siege—they're um, all like close together. Like there's like, this one in yeah. between there. That, but there's are all like right around the same time. So it was basically yeah. building on each other. So if you take it the big encapsulating all of it, it's the continuation. It's of the almost same one story. Yeah. Well, yeah. But House of M, if anybody doesn't know, is uh, Scarlet Witch. Um, again, if you're watching WandaVision, has some, they're pulling obviously from that series in a sense. Yeah. She creates her, or, or there's a created alternate reality that she creates that basically has the mutants as the superior people, like that are tra- treated correctly, and the Homo sapiens, like us, are treated horribly, or sapes. Mm. Um, 
But yet, is it? I, I, now I just read it too. Wolverine, I believe, is the only one that knows, uh, which is kind of funny too, because it reminds me of like, or mostly the only one that knows that this is not real. Like, this is not right. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? And yeah. that is uh, how they try to like they break people's minds. Like, this is not we're we're not in a reality right now. This is not our own reality. Um, well, I like how he's Xavier who keeps coming back to her until she right. just creates a world where he doesn't exist. Xavier's yep. dead. Problem solved. I can do what I want now. And, and the idea that also like it's it's really so so backing up a little bit just to give a little bit of the beginning part of it again you know, I definitely recommend reading House of M especially if you're watching One Division right now it's definitely yep. on your reading list very um, good but the idea that they Avengers and the X Men and the the, the the heroes of Earth are trying to figure out whether or not they should kill Scarlet Witch or not because yeah. she's causing too many problems and it's one Doesn't of those pale. things that's like she can't we cannot have her around anymore. Uh, Wanda's brother, uh, Pietro, finds out about this story. She tells him, hey, they're going to try to kill you, or, or, or Magneto, they're going to try to kill her. And so it flips the whole world upside down. She creates her own alternate reality that is um, where everything is great and grand and, and whatever. And so yep. um, it's, a, it's a cool thing because it becomes like an alternate universe in a sense, but not really. The, you see characters that are like what they would envision as what their happiest moments would be. Even though, like you know, Peter Parker is happy, he's married, he's got kids, he's like his life is perfect, and he has to make the decision, kind of like Tony Stark did in Endgame, where it's like he has to make the decision. My life is perfect right now, but this is not how it should be, and this is not real. Not real. And so they have to fight it uh, off of that. So um, if you're gonna read this, is not in my not in my number one, so I don't want to give it away. But if you're gonna read House of M, read Avengers Disassembled first. Uh, in my opinion, uh, it's a couple episode or a couple issues series that comes out right before that's available in trade. Um, yep. And then read House of M. But House of M to me is a cool like show of the powers that that Wanda Maximoff or, or, or Scarlet Witch has. Uh, again, a great series to read right now if you're watching WandaVision because it has there's connections. Yeah. You can tell what Marvel's done with the movies. They're pulling from multiple different avenues from the comic books, but there is a big thing with her creating her own alternate reality that's probably going to come out to be in part of this show on Disney Plus. Um, awesome. Pick, 80 man. issues in the whole series, um, but there's eight it's issues very, in the actual one. It's a very large series. But I showed you this the other day. I just got this, which is my House of N number one signed by Brian Michael Bendis there. And it's the uh, what is it three sixty one out of four ninety nine. So that's pretty cool. I already have the whole beautiful. series as well, but I was excited this one came in the other day that I was really excited that's to beautiful. have because, um, you know, and the artwork's really good on it too. If anybody, it's like it's more of that. Um, it's more of the uh, Alex um, uh, Alex um, Alex Ross Ross style. Yes. I forget who the artist is. It's um, Quipel. I don't know. Who, I forget who it is, but this. It's like the painting style uh, covers, uh, mm. which are really cool, um, which Alex Ross is freaking phenomenal at. But uh, incredible, absolutely incredible. Definitely worth it. Twisted. Um, it, it's, 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 if you're, re- if you're wa- uh, watching Wanda, uh, sorry, WandaVision right now, pick up the trade which of is, House of M. Which, by the way, driving me nuts. Uh, I, I can't help it anymore. I keep having all of these people that I'm like, you know, friends, social media friends, or people I went to school with and stuff that I, I see. And they're like, I started wanting to watch a vision. Uh, watching one vision is just stupid. I don't get it. There's no point. And I'm like, oh, read a freaking patience. comic. Like, but have you know patience. Yeah. This is a nine part movie 
that we're 33% through. <laughs> it's a slow burn. It's the way the books are. And if you read, you'd understand. Like, But they obviously are just MCU people. And realistically, the MCU, Scarlet Witch doesn't do a hell of a lot. No. She wiggles her fingers. She shoots yeah. some you know, power. And that's kind of all she does. So I can understand. They're confused. They don't understand her overall. This book shows how truly powerful she is. And it also goes into a lot of what it would be like to have someone with mental health problems having powers of cosmic ability um because she's depressed she she's she doesn't know how what to do she's lost her husband and um how terrifying it is that she can manipulate all of reality and she manipulated without necessarily meaning to and she manipulated prior to this too because she manipulated and Mm -hmm. had her own kids which is basically uh, in the understanding of what the 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 tv show is she just had i mean if yeah. i don't want to give it away to anybody but yeah yeah she's having this 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 crisis and that it, it, none of it's real but the cool thing about the tv show is we don't know why none of it's real is it based on right. house of m where she's like creating a separate reality is it a reality created for her to keep her contained it, are yeah. these people real are these people this uh the friends from work guys had an idea that it's uh, avengers standoff i don't know if you've seen, read that series I there's a connection yet, no. to that and that eric selvig is Create, they created this fake pri- or this prison that people don't know they're villains, but they put them in this 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 world um, that they're normal people, and they basically brainwashed them into normal people. So they you occupy they them, but they is it, is it yeah. correct to do that? Is that manipulating someone's mind? Da, 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 da. Yeah. So, but it has Wanda Maximoff has the ability to alternate alternate or sorry have an alternate reality, and mm-hmm. so with with House of M, it's just it's it's a fascinating story um it's i I love it good pick number two is house of m very nice choice man very nice choice all right my number two so um a little background to this book and it it, it probably affects me a little bit as why um this book is my number two and it's been my number one for a long time and it, it came down to number two um I read comics as a child. Um, I, I have uh, a great memory of going every week to the comic store with my uncle and picking up books. And my uncle is a very passionate reader. And I wasn't a strong reader in school. So comics were introduced as by him by something to try to get me to catch on to reading and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would go to the comic store every week. Well, I read all through my childhood. And then I kind of stopped in the teen years. Um, and, and I became... Um, you know, interested in a lot of different reading and we'd go to the bookstores and stuff in my adult life. And I was trying to find something. I was in kind of a slump. I hadn't found anything to read. And I wanted through the trades and graphic novel section. And I'm like, geez, I haven't read anything, you know, in the comic world for ages. And I kind of picked up and I thumbed through and this book, I thumbed through and I instantly just thumbing through said, I have to get this. I have to read this. Um, so my number two pick is the long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, Batman. I've been a Batman fan since as long as I can remember. The movies came out in 1989. Um, I was hooked on the idea of Batman ever since. I still am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and this was the introduction to me to Jeff Loeb's writing, to Tim Sale's art. I love Tim Sale's art as Batman. He's not the Iron Man Batman. He's not all armored up. It's all about him and his ability as a detective, his ability as a fighter. Um, And this whole story surrounds a serial killer that strikes every holiday starting on Halloween and then every holiday after. And how it's like driving Batman insane to who is this killer and trying to track them down. 
And what got me in the art when I flipped through is um, I remember my childhood stuff. I read Deadpool. Um, I read The Punisher. Uh, I read G.I. Joe. Original G.I. Joe had some violence in it. Um, but it was always off to the side. It was maybe a little bit of blood in the hand. It wasn't um, in front of you. It wasn't a murder. And this is, you know, it, it is graphic. It was the first comic I flipped through that had blood and murder and you know, Batman inspecting bodies and being a detective trying to determine what happened at this crime scene. And it involves, it ends up involving nearly every major villain in the Batman rogue gallery. They all end up coming into it at one point or another. So if you have a favorite, you're probably going to find them in this. Um, so the long Halloween is one I cannot, cannot recommend enough. It spreads out. Uh, you end up with a, uh, two more books after it that are not direct sequels, but you still get this Jeff Loeb, Tim sale universe story. Um, and I absolutely, absolutely love them. So I, I highly recommend checking out Batman long Halloween. If you're a Batman fan, if you want to try to get into Batman, um, the artwork, I cannot, I, I don't know. I love it to me, Batman. And it's one of the problems with some of it that I get of the art of Batman is you see too much of him. And in this, Batman is the way I always envision him. He's a shadow. Mm -hmm. He's some eyes. He's a cloak. He's a little bit of a cow. He's terrifying how he appears and disappears. Um, it, the artwork to me is exactly what I want to see my Batman be. Um, you know, there's not tons and tons of these huge shots. He's not this giant armored up guy. He is Batman, the greatest martial artist and detective and, and all these things wrapped up in one. And it's not like the James Bond too many gadgets thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, number two, Batman Long Halloween. I'm glad you have a that a Batman series. I, so, so it's funny as we talked about um, the animated series or animated movies uh, yep. a second ago about how Marvel's lacked in that and that DC's kind of taken away with it. Is I didn't realize how many Batman Batman movies there were. <laughs> They're animated. There are so many. <laughs> and so I found them, a lot of them. And so I've been trying to get into it. So, so it's basically told myself that's like, okay, I've been a Marvel fan uh, for many years. I'm always going to mm. be a diehard Marvel fan. I'm always going to give shit to people that are DC fans or, or mainly <laughs> DC fans. Um, but I think it's time to start opening up and, and reading some and, and, and exploring some DC characters. And so, um, and so some of those are, I mean, I, we, I mentioned Joker on our villains podcast and, and mm -hmm. there's the idea that there is some good characters and Batman would be one of those. I think, I mean, I was yeah. in this, I watched all of Smallville. Smallville was an excellent TV show at the time Very good. for what it was. Yeah. And, and so, it was. and so the idea that I, I think it's time that this gives me an opportunity. And again, selfishly, one of the reasons I like doing these, some of these podcasts is that now I have a, a, a trade paperback that i potentially could pick up and read and, and get into with long halloween so i appreciate yep. that on a personal level <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i could be here for you for all of your comic recommending needs and so on a, on an honorable mention part of it and the mention you said long uh, long halloween it reminds me of it's not a it was made into a comic book based on the podcast but i tell you one of the especially a long the word long maybe think of it is the long night by uh, the wolverine podcast that was marvel it was a scripted podcast that came out on stitcher uh that they ended up making into a, a 12 issue i believe it was or six issue uh one of the two there um comic book that went along it basically just took the words from the podcast that made it into, <laughs> made it into a comic book. It to, nice. and 
and but the long part of it made me think of that and i think it didn't make this but it should be in my honorable mentions that um the long night by it's wolverine the long night it's a, po- a scripted podcast i believe it's all available now you get it on apple or spotify and there was a follow there was a follow-up on that too um that was called the lost trail but the long night where wolverine is like suspected to be the killer in this town like wolverine's gone into hiding because of a bunch of things and but it's the long thing rem- reminded me of that and that's something that i wanted to mention on this podcast uh um mm. That's something I've never heard. I'm going to have to check that out. The Long Night. It was really good. So, um, Great number two. Um, definitely don't think any DC should be available in the top five, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> so Why number one for me. Hate? Number one for me is by Brian... No, just kidding. Um, it's by Mark Miller. <laughs> Not Brian Michael Bendis. Another comic book series in the Marvel uh, comic book universe that had a hundred plus issues in the tie-in for the series. It's Civil War. I, there's something about Marvel's Civil War that has always struck at me because of the fact that it brought politics into it, into a point where you think about that a lot of these comic books we listen to and, or, or read, we just talked about earlier about how it doesn't have, it's fake. But how do you take comic books and make them a real life issue? And it's something that X-Men's been able to do for years and being able to say that the mutants are like races that people don't like. You know, that idea yep. that they're always ostracized and they're always picked on and da da da. So Civil War was able to say, how do how do we take this to real life? How do we take this to what we think about when I watch CNN or NBC or Fox News or any of these different stations? And mm. put it into a comic book, and they they, they yeah. were able to do that, like, and say with the Superhuman Registration Act, and and the idea that it makes it, it in a sense when you think back on it, you're like, it makes sense. We should know if that you have superpowers or not, like, right? You, yeah, you're if, a walking weapon. And, you know, maybe not for Colossus or for Cyclops or Xavier because they're kind of good people. But definitely, but are they? Your Scarlet, but your Scarlet are Witches, you, 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 people who can actually do serious harms on a grand scale, it makes mm. sense. I understand why they would want to know who's who and, and so on. But then again, I see the opposite side of it, where it's like Spider-Man protecting his family and, and, and the fact yeah. that they're going to tell us it's not worth going into there. Well, no. I'm going to make that decision as a superhero, whether or not I go protect right. those people or not. And so I see both sides of it. And it's like, every time I read the series, I'm always like, I'm on, I'm on Captain America side. Oh, no, next time I'm on Iron Man side. Oh, the next <laughs> time. And it, it over and over and over again. Um, and even to the point where, where Spider-Man reveals his identity in this comic book series. Yep. And to the general public, to everyone. Again, not to, Giveaway. I mean, it's from 2006, I believe. So I'm not giving away too much. It's been 14 years. And there's, there's been this. a movie that's very loosely. <laughs> and again, I don't want to touch on that in a second. The idea that Spider-Man reveals this identity, but still then goes, wait, this is crap. And then switches sides. And yeah. the idea that he's like, no, 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 Tony, you are way out of line here. And yeah. so the whole series, and it really, so, so House of M starts with this, basically this series at that time and at the end of house of m civil war kind of comes out then it's secret invasion and then it goes into avengers versus x-men and then it goes into or sorry it goes into siege and then it goes into avengers and x-men that whole series aligned and that's what they're literally all connected they're all happened at the same time and they're back to back to back to back and i honestly will tell you right now it is the best story arcs that marvel's ever put out and they haven't been able to match it again 
King of Black's pretty good. But the idea, the, the, the idea that the idea that that a I, mean, I wrote it down A through E so House of M, Civil War, Secret Wars, or sorry, Secret Invasion, um, the C- Siege and Avengers for X Men are literally all on a line. Basically, there's access in there too, which is okay. But yeah, but my point is that Civil War was they did a great job in the movies except for small things like so secret war or civil war at the very beginning uh, of the series just to give people an idea is a group of nobody young adults <laughs> who are not really anybody are filming a reality tv show which again puts it into context that i would be able Today's to understand society. and yeah. exactly and so they long story short blow up a school in an area or blow up an area and a lot of people die and that's what forces tony to think about the superhero registration act and and so on the one thing i will give it discredit for on the movie is yes a lot of people died in in civil war at the very beginning to put this into motion but what made tony's change his mind and 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 push towards this and, and side with the superhero registration act was basically that one lady with her one son in yeah. the in the hallway. Whereas in the comic book, it was emphasized that kids died and a lot of people died. Mm. And to Tony, it was like it, it flipped the switch immediately that one person died and some lady randomly in a hallway was telling him yeah. about it. And he's like, okay, we've got to do something about this. And so that was the one thing where I was like, oh. Because so this battle happened outside of the school. It ended yes. outside of the school. Yes. Well, the villain is trying to run away. The, and the and there, there is the aspect, again, and that's another one. When you mentioned front lines, this also has mm-hmm. a front lines in it as well, which is basically, uh, what's his face? I can't even remember it. The writer. He's, he works for the, um, he's connected to Daredevil. Um, oh, Ben. Uh, ben Urk. Urk. Ben Urk, there you go. Yeah, he, yep, ben he is, they, there's a front lines episode or, or one that has three different parts in it. One of them is about reporters covering the civil war and covering mm. the superhero registration act. Again, you're, you're looking at non superheroes talking about this big thing that doesn't really affect them because they're not superheroes, but it, it's just fascinating how they were able to intertwine that. And I haven't been able to read all a hundred plus issues, but I've read quite a bit of the different shoot offs from different covers and different things little spin off things and every time i read it i feel like i read the main storyline and then i read a couple different connection connected uh storylines that go with it um but it makes me think of real life and that's what i think that's cool about it is like i said we, we talk about fake worlds but it's like if we had superheroes in this real world we live in it would be would like happen. this this would yeah, happen absolutely Yep. And, and, and this Absolutely. would be something that we'd have to deal with. And one of the things I think they did great with with Iron Man in 2008, and one of the reasons why I think the MCU got kicked off, is they brought Iron Man to the world that we know. Mm. Iron Man, Tony Stark went to the Middle East yep. to do this and became who he was in the Middle East. Not yep. like the comic books that it was based off of where he went to Asian countries China. and China. And, yeah, yeah, and, China. and the aspect that that would not connect to me in any way. The Middle right. East connected to me, and that's something the Civil War has always done to me. That it was like they brought it to my world that I live in, that I see on TV every single day, and it's something that's pretty cool. And it's not by Brian Michael Bendis, which really surprised me when I finished reading it. Uh, because it feels like Brian Michael Bendis's work, but it's Mark Miller, and, and it's a great series. It's it's not that long. The actual one is only six issues, and that's one that you can pick up the trade paperbacks and read the entire thing. Right yep. 
and not have to read anything else that goes along with it and get the, the principle of it. Um, but it's worth reading and it might be something for you to get in. Frontlines is one of the best connected ones on that one too. Like you mentioned earlier, uh, with Secret yep. Invasion is also a Frontlines as well. Uh, I believe there might be in House of M too. I think a lot of these are trying to do that now, which I like, yeah. uh, or at that time. Give you a um, human aspect of it. Yes. Somebody that, so, yeah. so cool. number one is Civil War. And I, again, I don't think they, they, they killed it in the movies with it. They could have done a lot more. And I think some they of that also- They could have done much had, better. Yeah. Some of it had to do with rights of, of, of characters again, because like again. Wolverine would have been a yeah. big part of it and, and Iron Man would have been a big part. Or, sorry, I mean, uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. would have been a big part of it. Uh, there's some characters they couldn't use. So, I mean, what they had to use for a roster of characters, I think they did pretty good. So, um, fantastic. I actually now want to reread Civil War. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that, because that was great. Um, so funny one. Um, people may not know that I, uh, I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast. I, I am what's left of an old hockey goalie. Um, I played adult hockey um, in a men's league for about a decade um, and just had to hang it up. But I, I have always loved hockey. And also in the Civil War, I am a Captain America. I'm on Cap's side. If we split, I'm joining Cap's side. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that, they came out with my favorite um, – Glass Bangers is the name of the company that produces these different hockey shirts, all these crazy ones. And uh, I'm actually wearing tonight, so it's perfect, my Captain America <laughs> goalie shirt. Um, and the Iron Man in this in this same set is a skater, and uh, I'm a goalie. So I, I loved, when I saw this shirt, I'm a Cap guy in the Civil War, and they did the Civil War, Iron Man versus Cap. And I love the, uh, the artwork of the shirt with Cap instead of having the blocker, having the shield up. And uh, I, it was, this was a must-have. I, I absolutely love this shirt. So it was funny that I'm wearing this tonight when you're like, Civil War is my number one. It, it, so. And again, there's times where I, I think the best number ones to you on these lists are the ones that you really can't explain. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like I said, the yeah. same thing with, 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 with Josh on our movie lists, that there's certain movies and there's certain comic books that it's just like it has to be number one. Like mm-hmm. there's just this this going back to it over and over and over again. I own all of the single issue of that series of Civil War. Yep. I own the trade nice. paperback. I own I own the Blu-ray, obviously, of the movie. I own uh, basically. I mean, if I can get signed, if I can get, I mean, eventually, if I can get issue number one, CGC. I mean, that's one of those ones that I'm always gonna own the entire series of. I own the oh, entire sure. series of. Uh, Civil War, House of M, Secret Invasion, Infinity Gauntlet. I actually don't even own one issue of Avengers versus X Men. I won't lie about that. Um, <laughs> I own all the Maximum Carnage. So there's, and I own some collected issues of uh, Planet Hulk because I own the death of Meek and the first appearance of Korg, I believe. But, yeah. um, but yeah, so Civil War is one of those ones that I, I'll own any different version of that book because Very I just nice. love it so much. So. Very nice. Very nice. I'm gonna have to reread it again now to um to get it again. Um, that is definitely one I, I I would recommend. It's a great read. Uh, I'm really happy it was your number one, and I love the passion you brought to it because it it really brings back to me. I want to reread it again. But I am I'm a cap guy. I'm, I'm cap all the way with it. Um, all right. So my number one. Um, and unfortunately, as I went to go pull it off my shelf for my personal collection, I realized that a friend of mine is still borrowing it. So I had to use a different copy from the same series. Um, my number one, this book, I became obsessed with. Um, 
I read the first one because I liked the principal idea of it. I thought it was a cool idea. I didn't read a lot of his character. So I went out and picked it up and then I started buying them. I started special ordering them. I had the entire first print and hardcover. I became completely obsessed with, and you're not going to be happy with me because it's not a Marvel book. It is the blackest night. And unfortunately I have the uh, black lantern core instead of the original green lantern book because my friend never returned it yet. Anyway, <laughs> so blackest night. Um, so this is a green lantern story, um, which I love the green lantern. Um, and this is a zombie story, which I love zombies because they're cool. So uh, for those that don't know, <coughs> Justin, <clears throat> a little bit about <laughs> a little bit about lantern. Um, so there are numerous lanterns out there that are that have rings of power, right? Everybody, you know, the Green Lantern, and it's powered by will. It's your will that gives you a ring, and um, it's something I love about how Jordan is. Um, through all of the universe, which is, you know, enormous, and there are hundreds and thousands of lanterns, um, it is Hal Jordan, a human from Earth, that most overall the alien races look down on as being kind of, you know, useless in the grand scheme mm -hmm. of the universe. Um, Hal Jordan is, like, the greatest lantern. Um, and it is his will that drives that. And there are numerous other rings, so you find, in the Blackest Night series. Um, there's a ring of hope. There's a ring of um, love. Uh, there's a ring of, eventually you find death, which is going to you your zombies. So the villains are this zombie that is spreading across and these black rings that are seeking out the dead. And ultimately they're trying to take over the universe and just kill it all because death should be it. Darkness should be all that reigns. We were here first. Before life came, there was nothing. And it spreads out across the universe. And this story spreads out across the universe. As you read it, you get not just what Hal's doing and the connected characters around Hal, like uh, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and all of these other characters. It actually has Scarecrow in it because uh, fear is one of the other immediate great powers across the universe is fear. Um, but you also get what's happening to the other lanterns across the galaxies and across the universe and what they're facing and trying to stop death in their own worlds and realms. And it is a, uh, it's a phenomenal series. I absolutely love it. It leads to brightest day, which is a great read. Um, my only brightest day left me a little disappointed, but it did give me my love for Aquaman. So I have to give a, a, little thumbs up for that it gave me my love of aquaman if you were like aquaman's a joke go read brightest day number yeah. one aquaman oh, oh you're not asking that question yeah yeah <laughs> you know i was always as a kid i'm like namor is so much cooler than stupid aquaman when you read when you read brightest day you're like aquaman will kick namor's ass <laughs> like, not not as part of the phoenix five <laughs> Okay, I'll give you his Phoenix Force moment. <laughs> um, but uh, Blackest Night goes across this entire realm. It gives you an absolute amazing uh, feel for Wonder Woman, for Flash. Um, it is um, terrifying because these rings seek out not just the, the dead specifically, but the dead who are affecting their enemies. 
So when it realizes that you are an enemy to it, it seeks out someone you loved or someone you hated or someone you had this passionate connection to because ultimately these rings are all powered by something very strong. Uh, there's rage. The red rings are rage. And each one of these gets a connection to something very strong. So you, it's ultimately someone who died that you have a deep connection to and you're facing them as this zombie form. But unlike the brainless zombies, they have all of their memories. The ring manipulates that. And you're fighting them with this deep, passionate connection. And there's some of them lose their lives because they can't fight the person they love who died. It's, it's deep. It's, um, it's dark. I cannot speak highly enough for Blackest Night. Um, so I, I absolutely love the series. Is Blackest Night or the Green Lantern movie better? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just had a jab at DC oh, comic man. movies. They are so close in comparison. Uh, <laughs> all right. So no, but fair enough. The, the Green Lantern movie does not get enough props for the fact that. Okay, Ryan Reynolds to me is not the Green Lantern. He's dead. No, he was he's Deadpool. Deadpool. He's been Deadpool since I was a little kid. He was Deadpool. When I first saw him as two guys, a girl, in a pizza place, he was Deadpool. Yeah. He's a smart talking ass. But um, he, he's not Hal Jordan, even close. No. But the overall, the Green Lantern movies, for your closeness to following a comic series that is all cosmic, it's really not a bad movie. <laughs> It's just you have to love the Green Lantern to watch it and respect it because everyone else is like, what the hell am I looking at? You're just a DC apologizer. That's all you are. <laughs> no, but I, I, and, I'm and glad that... I have a stand on since Guardians of the Galaxy came out, which all takes place in space and is phenomenal and everyone loves it. And then they watch Green Lantern. They're like, what is this idiot talking about? Like, this is awful. I do like how your number one was a DC book because that's what you bring to the table that I do not bring to the table. And yep. your top two were actually DC books, um, yep. which is great because I love that too. So uh, thank you for inspiring DC fans across this galaxy. <laughs> They're like, thank God we have someone speaking for us. <laughs> I tell you what. So what I want to do really quickly because we're, 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 probably boring people at this point hopefully if you're still listening to this point you're really into marvel <laughs> or into comic books which i'm really happy about but um yes we're impressed um, with you <laughs> the uh i get a few beers and a couple of old dudes and we talk comic books for a while it's gonna be it's gonna take a while uh and i did kind of picture being it going a very little, little bit longer because it's their their storylines not just a specific, specific character or a specific book um yeah. but i am kind of glad and i want to bring this up now that neither one of us picked I will put him in the most overrated comic book story arcs is the Dark Phoenix saga and, oh. and Days of Future Past. So yep. both I of those, agree. I felt like I had, I was like, oh my God, okay, obviously nine and 10 are going to be those two. Cool. What's eight through one? Then I'm like, no, they don't need to be on my list. I'm tired of people talking about these two mm -hmm. storylines. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're, I tell you what, uh, the Days of Future Past happens over two comic books in the X-Men series. It's not a story arc. It's a small story, which is great. I love which, it. it. Which it, has it, become it, an obsession. Like it, love it, do what you want with it. They made an entire movie out of two comic books. Um, yep. Two actual, not two comic books, two issues. Uh, not a very comic good book. movie. And the Dark <clears> Phoenix <throat> wasn't very good either. I, and that's just me, a hot take. Justin's saying a hot take right now. 
I just, I just can't get into it. And I've, I've tried to read them in the past. I've yep. tried. I mean, I've read Days of Future Past. You can read in two seconds because it's two issues again, but or three issues. One of the two, I forget now. But it's, it's. I want to say it's three. I can't. They're yeah. not. They're not what people. Like, I'm tired of people putting them on their top ten list. Put them on a top fifty list, great. Top twenty five list, great. Top ten list, it just doesn't. They, they don't speak to me, and I, I won't. I hope I'm not making villains of just, myself. Justin, COVID air high five. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like they're both. I'm yeah, glad now you. that we ended it, and I'm glad I ended. Uh, I'll put my honorable mentions at the very end. They're really yep. not honorable mentions. They're actually I put HM for horrible mentions. They're not bad. <laughs> But they're just not. I just don't see them. They're as not top to 10 the quality. epic creation that these that it's lived up to now. And I, no. I agree. I have tried to read the Dark Phoenix Saga. I don't know how many times, and I'm like, I, I just can't. I just can't. And, I and can't. DC, which you don't know, can actually do. Crisis on Infinite Earths. I have the same problem with it. It's an iconic DC series that I'm like, I have to read it. And all that I have to read, you feel like you have to like it, right? Like I have to like this. I don't. <laughs> nope. I don't. I can't make and, it. Through it. And one that I will potentially read just because of people doing it is Killing Joker or Killing Joke. Killing Joke. That Killing I probably Joke is a, is a, it's not it's, on my list. It didn't make my honorable mentions, but it is a it's a good solid read. And I don't know, does it solid read or should I just watch the animated film? Like that's my whole back and forth. Either or the like, animated films the animated film is very close. It has Mark Hamill as a Joker, which by yeah. the way, anytime I read, I hear Mark Hamill's voice. So that's very fair. Well, it's funny because I'm reading, uh, or, or my wife is rereading the book. Um, it's called uh, Thanos Mad Titan. I mentioned, I think, on a mm. previous podcast. Uh, yeah. It also comes with these two books. Or not come with them, but the uh, Cosmic Quest Part 1 and Part 2. Definitely worth nice. reading. Um, but no. she's reading the Mad Titan, and, and the, 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 the Thanos voice in that book is the Thanos voice that I hear because I listen to it on audiobook. Mm. So the guy reading it on the audiobook is the voice I hear whenever Thanos speaks in the comic books now. I didn't love not the, Josh uh, Brolin. Yeah, I don't love Josh Brolin as Thanos. It's and so it's not... funny how like how you hear certain things as you hear yeah. Luke Skywalker as a Joker. <laughs> but <laughs> it is, you know, so yeah, so there's some theories, some series that are out there, but I'm just glad that, like I said, I, if, if, if I take anything personally away from this entire top 10 list, is that neither one of us picked those two series? Um, I was probably more apt to put them on there because of Marvel, bigger Marvel fan, or yep. more of a, like I'm only Marvel basically. Um, right. But the idea that that those comic books, I just I'll put them on my overrated list. They're they're overrated as a comic book series. I think it was pre two thousands where they or pre nineties really uh, where they mm-hmm. created these comic books. It's 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 they were what they were at the time. If you put them in each era then yes they're great for what they were but sure like, for what they were so they many don't, good they don't stand up well now they really don't and, and avengers versus x game x-men is a better series to me about the phoenix force than the original phoenix saga fear so we'll so that. Yep. and so yes i'm glad that now that we had that out there that we're gonna make some <laughs> haters of us but i think that's yeah i'm fine sure because that's the whole point and i'm gonna have at least two so people boycott weird. me now <laughs> just in marvels like i said we talked about earlier about the digital version of watching or reading marvel on your um, ipad there's twenty five thousand comic books on those on the app mm-hmm. they're bound and determined to have try to pick 10 series out of that uh a marvel alone not including anybody else and so it's not easy to not hard to not put those in the top 10 it might be agreed so, yep agreed um but I wanted to show off one quick thing before we get to the top 10 there. I forgot. I, I have, it's hard to see because my ring, but look at my new 
Oh, it's nice. My, it's my new, it's a silicone wedding band that Very I nice. use for when I, I put it on for tonight's podcast, um, but it's, uh, I use it for my like lift kegs or if I go to camp and I don't want to lose my wedding ring. I bought it yeah, for like on it's awesome. Life. It's awesome. So, um, That's cool. so, uh, so let's do our top 10 list countdowns and we'll wrap this up before we go forever. <laughs> so, uh, 10 for me so 10 through 9 i'm just gonna read them off so siege by marvel the walking dead's made to suffer uh planet earth by Mar- oh, planet earth yeah that's good too but planet earth <laughs> planet, <laughs> planet hulk by marvel uh maximum carnage on marvel and then the walking dead all-out war uh, for number six number five through one are all marvel so i'm not going to say marvel every time but it's avengers versus x-men infinity gauntlet secret invasion house of m in civil war uh, a couple of throwouts there that i'll put on there before you get into yours the 2013 infinity war infinity comic book series by john hickman or jonathan hickman great series and again mm, the long night uh, wolverine podcast and the series that goes along with it i gotta check uh, that out are, are, are things that you should probably check and also marvel's disassembled uh, avengers disassembled is worth going into as well so nice all right so i've got uh spider-verse from the marvel universe Identity Crisis from DC, Secret Wars, the Doom era, the, would you say 2015, uh, from Marvel Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy's Black Vortex, uh, I Hate Fairyland, which I believe is an image comic series by Scotty Young, um, which I, had, I honestly, I had a very hard time not having that in my top five. I, I, over and over again, tried to drop something so I could have it in my top five, but I just couldn't do it. Uh, Spider-Man Blue in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I have Planet Hulk from the Marvel Universe. I have Nail Biter, which is... Uh, I'm going to have to double-check that. I want to say it's an image series. Shame on you. Yeah, I think it is. Yes, it is Image. So, Nail Biter by, uh, by Image Comics. Long Halloween, which is DC. And The Blackest Night, which is DC. So I, think... I noticed that you didn't have a single DC book there, Justin. Weird, huh? <laughs> Weird. And, and it's, it's funny because like if you think about when you do series arcs like this or stories or comic book events when you when you read more one one of one um manufacturer more, more publisher then you're yeah. gonna get that over and over again and, and, and again yeah. it, it's just it's my love for marvel and the way they've done things over the years i think if we did this list again in five years there probably would be other ones that sneak into that six the 10 through six kind of thing half of yeah. mine were marvel i think i figured out right well, I feel like they're also like like the movies. I think they do a great job at this the, the comic book arcs, like the, the, the yeah. events, the stories. Again, forty percent of mine were by the same author, but it's <laughs> it's that aspect of it. And it makes sense. I mean, if it makes sense, then when we go to do authors or writers, where do you think he's going to be on that list? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know what's funny is I think we only had one uh, one cross between Planet Hulk, right? Yeah, Planet Hulk. Yep. Yeah, that's but the again, only one that. I think there's certain ones where there's so many of them. Like you're just trying to get that. And if you Massive. think if we just did if we did Marvel story arcs, I guarantee you there'd be more crossovers. Oh, or if we much, did yeah. just DC or just whatever, you'd have that. Or what I'd love to do, and I was just thinking about as we were doing this, is I'd love to do not story arcs, or just comic book titles. It could be anything. It could be whatever okay. that are not part of the top two. So not DC or Marvel. So you're talking Ooh. image, IDW, boom. Right so forth right and try to do a top 10 list that doesn't include and that obviously more too. difficult for me um but and, and obviously image and idw are pretty big publishers but just the idea that the top two are so boom. far above it i almost feel like boom is on their way to passing idw at this stage 
it, it could be. And, and, and if they if IEW does more things like the last Ronin, then they won't be. But yes, but yeah, mm. there was there was talk about um, Brian Michael Bendis working with Boom uh, as well, which is would be freaking that'd be fascinating. Bring, bringing powers over from from Marvel to DC to, to Boom and having mm. powers come out. So. Um, that would be also a great series if anybody wants to read about Brian Michael Bendis' powers. <laughs> a limited edition TV show if you can find it. I don't even know where you can find it now because it was on the PlayStation Network. It doesn't exist anymore. I'll say I've never seen it. It's I I have it and I downloaded it not on the legal side of it. And it was hard. <laughs> Tell you what, it was hard to find it illegally. <laughs> right. So yeah. try finding it legally. <laughs> you find it legally um, and Justin will buy it. I just it makes me baffles me that he sold it to the PlayStation Network on an idea that they were going to be successful on a, a network that well, was only available on Playstations. But maybe at some point they, you know, PlayStation was power, big, powers but... is a good one. It, it reminds me a lot of Heroes. The idea that it's normal people with powers and they don't have right. superhero names. It's it's that aspect of it. So worth right. worth reading, worth watching, uh, if you can find it. But sweet. Are you happy with your list? I'm very happy with my list. Uh, notable mentions. If you want to cover those, yes. Um, so I had Siege, so we okay. covered that yep. one anyway. So we would have had that swap. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Flashpoint, which I'm sure you've read over and over again, uh, based on the fact it's a DC book. But that is uh, that's an awesome series, um, kind of a what if DC universe. Yep. Uh, the there's a Batman that comes from that universe that is amazing, and that's a series that I could not put down. And I'm thankfully they're finally coming out with an omnibus style too, which I will be putting in my personal collection. I've been waiting for that. And my other one is a Marvel book, uh, Fear Itself, which I was surprised you didn't have on there. Uh, I, there there's certain ones that well people loved. put on their list that I just, I, they're, they're good, but Fear Itself, Original Sin, there's a lot of them that are out there that are really good that just it didn't speak to me. I don't know. See, and it's funny because Fear Itself, I, I loved and I had my top 10 originally. And then it kind of just kept, as I kept idling things, it kept dropping. But um, it's a notable book to me that it, overall was not well received particularly i think it was was it matt faction wrote that if i remember correctly mm-hmm. that's his name yeah um but it's a um kind of an ultimate evil gets discovered from asgard and it spreads across the marvel universe and it takes over whomever it kind of wants um and it is to me i, I absolutely love that story um and if if this was a marvel only story they would be in my top 10 I, I absolutely, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, it took me forever to find, find it because it was out of print. It's not a particularly easy hardcover to find or trade to find. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed Fear Itself. So that's one I would recommend to anybody if you can come up with a copy of it. And, and so that, that, that like, that's my point. There's a couple that were really good that that I, I, I mean, I could obviously go on and on and on with, with Marvel uh, series, but uh, fear itself do this great for hours i'm sure original, original sin again a good one around the same time and again it's this time of like early 2000s to 2015 that marvel was kicking ass at comic book events oh, and then they haven't they haven't huge. really done much since then in my opinion so access yeah. is another good one and uh, you know there's there are some good ones out there that are worth reading there's some that are based specifically on the x-men universe or or, or just on the Mar- avengers stuff and and there's yep. i mean the one i mentioned about a standoff great one again it's it's there's some good series to read um honestly wikipedia is your friend if you just google like dc comic book events they'll put them in order where to read them when to read them how to find them all that stuff and your local comic book shop if you live in the bangor area 
Paul's gonna be able to find it in some way. I mentioned Colton earlier from work. He's gonna get yep. the uh, House of M. He wants to read that. Which I mentioned to him today. Mind blowing to me. Why the hell is that not in print? What are, Diamond? What are you doing to me? Have one division out in House of M is not in print. And but then if our Avengers Colton, disassembled, Colton would be the other I've one. Already found your copy. I've got it. It's actually at the store now. So the the the. Uh, that and then the Avengers disassembled and all that stuff. Like, there's just a bunch of stuff that would be really good for them to have put into one freaking book. But I guess yeah. maybe they didn't do it because they didn't want people to assume that it came from. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know it, what they do. It, it would have been good to put out not as advertised, but just be like, oh, we have it. You know, like that kind of thing. Like, right. Like, we at least have it available. That. At least have it in but, print right now. But yeah, so I mean, if nothing uh, else, Scarlet Witch is a, a character you think people would be more interested in with WandaVision yeah. out. And yes. in that case, this is her biggest story arc. And I'm still I surprised that some things they haven't done comic books that match up with the movies more either. Mm. Meaning that, like, not even like even if you put it in its own quote unquote universe, if you did an MCU style comic book, so it's like a comic book that relates to the movies, mm. you know what I mean? That you have to like it, it could be the movies in comic book form. Right. I don't care if it was literally Endgame, but in a twelve-part issue that you had to read in a in a physical print, someone drew it. And, and I'm surprised that right. doesn't exist because yeah, there's times where I'm that. sitting in I'm sitting in bed and I have the the app open and I'm like, oh, that would be a badass to just read the Endgame movie over. I can't read it; I have to watch it. And so that's that's something I feel like they missed in a sense. Like they didn't, you could put it out just digitally. You didn't have to print it on a print copy. It's just right, or just a trade pad. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so another good top ten list. This is kind of this is Paul's idea of doing story arcs, comic book events. We'll do something different next. I thought about doing a, a co-podcast with you and Josh to do top ten comic book related movies, Ooh, uh, and then I'd have idea. to put myself with like sixty percent could be Marvel. I'd have to we'd have to cap me because it'd be ten <laughs> Marvel movies. Uh, oh, look, but there, but there are some Marvel good movie. comic book imprint movies. So movies that are based on imprints of comic books yep. that I would probably put in my list that I would be fair and honest about it and say that there probably would be 10 comic book movies in it. But what I'd like to do is wait on that one so that you and me and Josh can either hang out at your shop or at the Queen City Cinema Club and do it in person. Yeah. And maybe do it as awesome. a live stream so that we can get That'd people involved cool. in it and stuff like that. So we'll wait on that one. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Talk about, I don't want to put too far out there, but we'll, we'll figure out what the next one will be between Paul and I. Uh, we'll do something fun. Um, it will be something shorter. <laughs> we just, <laughs> you know, it's just, we could talk comic books forever. Yeah, we could do a Joe Rogan four hour in. podcast. Yeah. So we're definitely, it's two hours in, but we didn't press record for a little while. So I'm, I'm wondering if we're actually going to hit the two hour mark or not. But um, so, yes, Galactic Comics, Hammond Street, Bangor, Galactic Comics on Facebook, on Instagram. They have a website. At some point, you'll be able to buy comic books online from Paul. Coming soon, we're working on digital inventory now. It may be in the summer before you can really get individual things, but we're getting there. It's a lot of work, folks. It's a lot of work. Um, and then you can find, obviously, this podcast on YouTube. Uh, this is one of those ones that I do like the idea of putting it on YouTube because there is some visual aspects to it. So if you have a chance to watch it, watch it. If not, and you're in your car on the way to work or the way, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you find it. Uh, just another podcast.com like us review us 
share us do what you can uh it helps both myself it helps paul because paul is an independent business owner uh covid has been crazy uh paul luckily has been doing pretty well um uh, but yeah. he's still a small business and his first year of business and the covid crap hit at the same time so um uh, good what are, you are you just passed the year right yeah november yeah we so, passed the year so, in november so it's nice so you're into the second year uh yep. we want our goal as paul's uh, fans of himself personally and the comic book shop is to make this Paul's only job. So at some point, hopes and we'll dreams to happen. Man. And, uh, and not that he doesn't love his actual job. He loves that place is giving him life he has now, but let's <laughs> give him his dream. Let's give him his dream. If you're in the Bay yeah. area, listening to this or watching this, go buy a graphic novel, uh, go buy a comic book, go buy a pop vinyl, some Pokemon cards, whatever you can at Galactic Comics in Bangor. That's Appreciate my history, it. man. He Thanks, did not buddy. pay me for that. He did not do anything like that. I just think my friend Brian went to a different comic book store today and I told him to start going to Galactic Comics. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for the support. <laughs> but so uh, Galactic Comics, again, uh, Paul, I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll get this okay. done so we can go see our wives um, and, and live our normal lives. Uh, he's open. This is obviously going to come out on a Wednesday. So he's opening Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Check them out online. Glad to comics. Again, Paul, thank you so much, man. I couldn't I find a better it. partner to talk comic books with than you. Uh, I look forward to this every couple of months that we do this, and I look forward to the next one. Thanks, so. man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man.